All right, we're going to talk a bit of weather on the program now. Of course, we do that with Phil Duncan from Weatherwatch and RuralWeather.co.nz. He is the chief executive of, of those outfits. He joins us now. Phil, how are you? I'm very good, sir. How are you? Not too bad. We always catch up at the start of a month to see what uh, is in store. June, obviously, we're into it now. Uh, so you put out a uh, your your sort of your outlook climate watch for June and winter. How we how we shaping up? Yeah, you know it's interesting. Here we are in in June already, and the temperatures are just so high for this time of the year. You know, it's not it's not necessarily warm everywhere, but it's certainly warmer than usual. Uh, in almost every part of the country at the moment. Good example, like, you know, somewhere like Gore down in Southland, they've been having overnight lows in the double digits in the late singles um, lately. Now, they've got a wintry change coming in tomorrow, definitely. The high is eight. (laughs) (laughs) And the overnight low on Saturday is down into the minus ones and twos. And then after that, it does look a little more wintry for a time, but it's still not, you know, brutal. We're certainly not seeing, you know, seven days of clear skies and, you know, uh, overnight lows of minus fives and sixes in the main places. In fact, I'm noticing that the media and um, other forecasters are really scraping the barrel to get those sort of frosty temperatures into the news. <laughs> places like Lake Kekapo, it's sort of like, okay, of course it's cold there. It's in, you know, it's in the mountains. It's not really, <laughs> yeah, uh, not a good representative of what's actually going on around the rest of the country. So it has been quite mild, and that pattern in our June climate watch update, not just for June but July and August, we are seeing. The same trend we've seen for years now that will lean about half a degree to one degree above normal all, uh, overall. Wow, there you go. Climate change, anybody? No, don't say that. Hey, um, Dunedin the other day had 22 degrees. My God, it was the talk of the town. It was just sensational. Yeah, the, I mean, these the, the airflows we've been having, some people do, you know, the climate change thing is definitely always comes up when temperatures are well above normal. And I think what we're seeing at the moment with so much consistent um, temp, you know, run of temperatures above normal, that certainly does you know, um, lean itself towards uh, the, the climate change category. But in saying that, we've also had a lot of warm airflow. And so in New Zealand, our location on Earth means that a certain high-pressure zone and a low-pressure zone can do two things at the same time. They can produce a subtropical airflow from Tahiti and Tonga and Fiji, which is what New Zealand's been enjoying um, a little bit over the last few days. Um, and then it can also dredge up an Antarctic southerly a few days after that. And that's also what we're going to be seeing in some areas in the south. So that's all part of one or two air pressure systems. That isn't really to do with a constant trend of the air going, you know, the temperatures going up. I'm far more concerned when the weather is calm, if our temperatures are well above or below normal. That's, that's when it's a little more scary to me. But when the airflow is coming out of the tropics, I mean, that's the reason why it's warm. It's yes. Because the airflow is coming straight from there. Right. Uh, yeah, and what you're saying is if it was calm uh, and there was sort of no reason like those airflows that you're talking about, then it would be like, oh, okay, things are slightly different now. What's, yeah, that's right. What's wrong? What's going on at the moment yeah. for it to be calm and so much warmer than average? And that's why uh, with all that high pressure we had at the beginning of the year, we have seen so many marine heat waves in New Zealand recently. And that's when it's calm. That's because what we're seeing is um, the high-pressure zones and the sunshine just warming up the top of the sea, and we're not getting many big storms like the ones we've had this, this week yeah. to churn up that colder water. And so those windy changes do mix things up. It's like having a hand in the bath, mixing the warm and the cold up, where it's much of this year it's just been the hot tap running and no kind of churning up of the both atmosphere and the, uh, and the sea. 
Mm. We're getting a bit more of that now, so maybe we'll start to see a more normal weather pattern starting to emerge with temperatures a little bit lower. But we're really seeing a late autumn pattern at the moment with westerly driven weather being the main feature. Now, La Nina, um, are we looking at a triple dip La Nina? Uh, Yes and no. I say yes and no because it depends on how you look at it. If you look at all the various international models and crunch them into one number, yes, there is some chance of that coming back at the end of the year. When you break it down, you realise a lot of the modelling doesn't actually have the confidence that it's going to actually form again. But let me put it this way, and I think I might have used this analogy with you before. But if you consider 100 kilometres an hour uh, as the speed limit, let's say when 100 kilometres an hour, that means La Nina is here. Mm-hmm. We, even, even over the next few months, technically not in La Nina, but, the, but we'll be driving at like 96 k's an hour. Okay. So you know what I'm trying to say is that even though it technically might not be officially La Nina, we are so close to it still being La Nina that there really won't be a lot of change in the weather pattern that we've got now and where it might be in September. That's not a bad thing for New Zealand because what we're seeing now is a bit more variety and variety is our our friend for the most part because it gives us all a bit of what we need um, with that, you know, sunny spell in between. It's the spice of life, Phil, as they say, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, exactly. Right, what about rainfall? We've got a couple of areas of the country that are still pretty dry. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, it, it, it depends on who you talk to. Taranaki is a great example. You know, Taranaki shows up on the Niwa soil maps. It's very dry. Um, but you talk to some people there and they're like, we don't want more rain. It's just perfect. So it really does depend on who you talk to, what you're growing, what you're doing, how you're farming. But there are some dry patches. Waikato, you know, my parents had 68 millimetres the other day and they took a photo in eastern Waikato of the Waiho River um, and the marshlands. And, it's, you know, the river's high, the marshlands are swampy. And it's looking like Waikato should look like, even though a drought was just announced there. So good to see that coming back. And our Climate Watch forecast does suggest that the North Island, Waikato and Auckland, Taranaki, are in for at least 100, 150 millimetres over this month. So that is definitely back to normal again. And uh, if we can see that also again in July and August, we might be digging ourselves out of a very, you know, dry hole that we've been in for a while. Some of the other feature, just quickly with all this is uh, to do with um, the weather going on in Australia and they're getting the big southerlies. They've got winter coming through and snow falling in the hills north of Sydney. Yeah, I saw um, that, yeah. Yeah, and Sydney's north, you know, further north than Auckland is, so that's, uh, that's quite a, a thing that their hills are getting that. And that's the same system that's driving down our warm weather, so that's what I mean by, you know, big one big weather system can really affect the weather right across the you know, New Zealand-Australia region. What else is happening in your world, Philip? You know, I'm into the flight simulator. I discovered a place the other day, which I want people to Google, and don't worry, it's safe to Google, even <laughs> though it doesn't sound it. Google Balls Pyramid. <laughs> okay, right. That's the last name of the man <laughs> who found it. And it is a remarkable rock. It is the world's largest stack rock, which is, you know, what you see in the sea, these sort of rocks that just come out of nothing. Oh my goodness. It's half a kilometre high. Yeah. And it's the most dramatic looking mountain just sitting there in the middle of the Tasman Sea just next to Lord Howe Island. And I discovered it on, well I discovered it, I found it on Flightsim and um, I'm amazed with it. So Google it, just the first photos that come up, you'll be like, what? That's in the Tasman Sea between here and Sydney? <laughs> it's really strange. That's crazy. I've just Googled it. It's an extraordinary, yeah, rock uh, that's just poking out of the ocean. What do they call it? It's a uh, an, an erosional remnant of a shield volcano. Half a kilometre. Half yeah. a kilometre into the sky out of nothing. You can't, like, there's no houses on it. There's no trees on it. 
Um, it looks like something from Pirates of the Caribbean or a, some sort of pirate movie. It's just, um, it's just such a daunting-looking rock. Yeah. And I can't believe it's half a kilometre high and just out there is the Tasman Sea between here and Australia. Looks like a natural spire, doesn't it? Like a church spire. Yeah. It's got a real pointy top to it. It's crazy. So Five... there you go. There's your geography. There's the geography there's for the day. That's what I was after. As always, my friend, a pleasure. Thank you so much for filling us in on what's ahead in the next few weeks, weather-wise. Uh, you take it easy, my friend. We'll talk again soon, eh? Thanks, mate. Much appreciated. You could save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, but when we just come out and say it, it feels like it falls a bit flat. So we're going to use humor. But we don't want to insult your intelligence, so nothing too goofy. And we need to avoid any polarizing topics. Oh, and it has to be about how you can save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive. You know what? Maybe humor is a bad idea. Yeah, it's never going to work. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations.